Well, we did talk to Dan Orlovsky yesterday because the Red Sox final home game was a day game. He's nice enough to uh, find some time for us today. So joining us on the Harbor One Hotline is Dan Orlovsky. So, Dan, you got to take me through the mind, the emotions of one Bailey Zappi backed up in his own end zone, playing in Lambeau. And what did you think about his performance? Well, I'm probably not the person to, you know, fill you in on the backed up near the own end zone. Um, back to back. You know, I probably, I probably do the opposite. Um, yeah, I thought Zappy played really good. You know, they obviously protected him very well when it came to the game plan and the play calls. We gave him consistent three level throws. You know, so he could essentially read one side of the field deep to medium to short. Heavy play action, um, you know, they went big-time max protection. You know, the benefit right now for New England is really they are running it well, and specifically in between their tackles. And they're able to build some, you know, good play action off of that, and Zappi did a good job of it. So, you know, given obviously what he was thrust into, you're encouraged by it. So, um, Dan, how tough is it to play quarterback if you don't trust your tackles? If you well, think your tackles are going to get you killed, how difficult it is for you to <laughs> physically get through a game? Yeah, it's, mentally. it's relatively impossible. And it's specific, if they're not getting any help and you know they're you know, going to be on an island by themselves and they're going against a good pass rusher, there is no such thing as hitting the back foot and being convicted or confident. There is no such thing, no such thing as hanging in the pocket. I always say this because everyone's, you know, the, the, the natural or the – constant thing you hear from fans and or people in my world is like well he doesn't trust his pocket and my often response was like well how many of you humans have ever had to be in that pocket you know it's it's very easy for us to sit there and say trust it well what happens if you feel like you can't like you i have empirical data telling me i shouldn't so yeah i mean when dude when you don't have good tackles man your eyes drop down um you're, you're looking at the rush you're anticipating pressure um, more than moving or feeling it, so it's not a comfortable feeling. So the, the follow up to that is that I'm curious, like if you if you know that's the case, and say you maybe you know that somebody's struggling, has there ever, ever been a ever been a situation where you went to the OC, the quarterback coach, and say, is there any way to get somebody else in there? Oh, absolutely. Um, but the the options are, you know, is the other person a better potential? I, I think the first step version is like you go. What are we going to do to help them? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what are we going to do to help that person? So are we chipping? Are we putting a tight end there? Are we always sliding their way? Um, you know, that, that's the, the first process. The, the second thing is, okay, there, is there somebody else there? I remember, I'll give you guys a story. I remember 2011, we were playing on the road against Baltimore. This is Terrell Suggs, defensive player of the year type stuff. And our, our tackle was struggling. And I remember us putting in the game plan. And then, really, this was the specific third down game plan. And we put it in. I'm sitting with the coaches at this time, and they don't have any plan to help our tackle versus subs. And I just, like, casually raised my hand, my left hand. I remember it vividly, and I go, what are we doing to help Anthony? And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, well, what are we going to do to help Anthony versus subs? And they were like, well, he's just going to have to do his job. And I'm, I just sat there, and I was like, what do you mean going to have to do his job? He's, he's, his play right now is telling you that he's – struggling to do that and so we have to do something so it's one of those i feel coaches often fall back on that so they can point the finger at something or someone else you know of well they just got to do their job i uh, duh you know what what happens if right now they can't 
We are seeing all these videos coming out from uh, practice today, practice yesterday. Mac Jones stepping into his throws a little bit more. He's listed as a limited participant, but still very ginger. Some reporters down at practice are saying he's had a noticeable limp. What's the calculation that the Patriots had to make in terms of like what percentage of Mac they need to get him to health-wise, especially with Brian Hoyer out or lean on Zappi? Yeah, I would tell you if Mac was like 75 to 80%, you feel really good about him going to play. You're not going to ask him to move a ton now. Um, let me ask you guys this. Is it Mac's right or left ankle? Is his right ankle? Left. Left. So it's his left ankle. That actually makes me feel better um, because – you know, you'd rather prefer him to have to drive off the, the, the back leg. You know, with that right ankle, you can really kind of build that thing up and tape it. And, you know, his plant leg is you know, obviously you want both, but I'd rather have the drive leg for him. If he's 75%, 80%, and because they're going to run the, the football and they're, they're not going to move him a ton, and they are a, you know, certainly right now a little bit more of a catch-and-throw offense, and the play action pass of it uh, is if he, my big thing for Mac would be, do you feel that he can go underneath center, get his footwork done with the run game and get his footwork done with the, the proper timing of the play action game? If you feel that he can do that at a 75, 80% clip, then you feel good about him playing. Speaking of that, like the balance of it, right? We talk, By the way, talking to Dan Orlovsky, ESPN, here in the Harbor One Hotline. Because we keep talking, I know it's completely different, but having this guy go out there and play, like pushing him to play, maybe sitting and saying, we can shoot you up. Like, you know, what is the balance there as far as saying, well, it's only week five. We, do we really want to be doing this right now and putting this kid in danger because he can't move? Yeah, that, that's a good, fair question. Uh, I think, you know, the... When it comes to the movement, can he protect himself? Can you do a good job? I mean, if you look at what New England has done in the last two weeks, I mean, they have gone to like almost 40% of their offenses become play-action pass. So you feel pretty good about the protecting the quarterback's thought of that. I mean, 75% of their, their passing game has gone to max protection stuff. So you feel that schematically – you can do a good, fair job of making sure at least you're not going to have as many free runners as he had early on. Does that limit the things you can do? Absolutely. So there's that balance of, you know, can we be as productive as we need to be? But if you feel like, hey, like, are you able to get yourself out of trouble? Um, and hopefully, again, you're not exposing him to a lot of it because the way you've, you've called offense the last two weeks um, – if, I think you feel okay. I think you feel okay since it's a sprained ankle and it's not something that usually can get that much worse unless he gets folded in half again. So, Dan, obviously uh, Detroit Lions are coming into town, okay, and they can put up some points, around 35 points per game. So my question is uh, how, do the, uh, how do the Patriots match that production? And do you think they can? Um, yeah, I mean, so Detroit, it, I said this jokingly this week, like, if they had a bad defense, they would be three and one. Their, their defense is or a kicker awful. I mean, they're they're awful. They're giving up five point five yards of carry. So New England matches up relatively well when it comes to their offenses. Their offense versus Detroit's defense. Again, New England's running the ball as good as anybody, and Detroit's defense. And I'm talking. I'm not even talking like first down runs. I'm talking that you, you can call runs on third and five and they're, you're getting, they're getting gashed in the run game. Um, 
you know, they're bringing crazy amounts of pressure and playing man coverage with no safety, all out zero. And so as long as you've got a good plan for that, you know, whether it's get the ball out to the perimeter or take your shots downfield, that's the one thing that I would say, you know, with Max limited movement is do you feel that when Detroit wants to all out pressure them, that he can at least drift away a little bit? Is he good enough to do that? So, but they match up well against the Dallas or Detroit's defense, but, but anybody does. You know, the big challenge is going to be them slowing down Detroit's offense. Detroit's offense right now, their run game is diverse. It's really good. Their offensive line is dominant. They got really good pieces. They got a tight end. Hawkinson has been becoming a star. Amon Ra, who did not play last week, St. Brown, is a great slot receiver. Um, they put their quarterback under and do a ton of cool play action. So, um, yeah, like it, it, they, this could be a high scoring game big time. Dan, if I remember correctly, uh, at the very beginning of the season, uh, not that it was that long ago, uh, right after week one, you expressed some surprise at how basic the offense looked. How do you think Matt Patricia has come along in terms of his play calling? I know we had an unusual circumstance with a third string quarterback in, what is that evolution? If there is an evolution there look like to you? I think he's done a better job in their play-action game, um, really focusing in and honing in on the protection of it and giving different kinds of protections, six-mans and seven-mans, helping different players, keeping different people in. So you could definitely see there's a growth in the protection aspect of it. Um, Their play-action pass concepts are not – they're not crazy creative right now. They're relatively elementary – but, to, and to his defense, when you're running the ball well, you don't need to get crazy creative, you know, because you can be a little bit simplified with the reads. Um, you'd like to see them build off it a little bit more. I also, you know, Bailey, I don't believe, is this big, powerful, let, let me launch this ball 65 yards down the field, and nor is Mac. So that does, you know, it does minimize some of the really cool, crazy stuff you can build in with deep field posts or crossers or whatnot. Um, but he's done, I will tell you this, he's doing a better job with their play action protections of making sure they at least get plays started. We're talking to Dan Olofsky, ESPN, the Harbor One Hotline. Dan, on Monday, it was a moral victory Monday around here in New England. But I'll ask you this. Midfield with a third-string quarterback in Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers. Is that four-down territory? Were you surprised they didn't go for it or run something differently to try to get it? Oh, I'm surprised they didn't go for it. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit here at NFL Live of the, uh, I guess, the cautious play calling and game management that we've seen from Coach Belichick over the past couple years, candidly. You know, in a time where the league, for the most part, has become very aggressive, he's become a little bit conservative. And sometimes over the last two or three seasons, it's hurt their team a little bit. So I was surprised uh, that didn't go for it. If you want to sit here and tell me because of who the quarterback was, I get it. But if you're sitting there on the the devil's advocate argument would be you're sitting there in a game that you shouldn't be in because of it. Um, You got the chance to go steal it. So I, I... was surprised that he didn't have a little bit more of aggressive mindset with it. Hey, have you seen any 
tape or film of Garrett Gilbert, the quarterback that the Patriots just signed? <laughs> Heck yeah. You I know have. Garrett, man. Oh, you do? I, okay, I, I, so give us the scouting report on Garrett. <laughs> yeah, um, shoot, I was with Garrett God. I'm the old man. I want to say like seven so years ago. So you played with maybe. him. Yeah, um, okay. I think, I, think in, I think in Detroit. I think in my last couple years in Detroit. So really talented thrower. He's a big physical dude. He could throw the ball really well. He's been around a lot of different places. He's learned a lot of different offenses. I mean, gosh, I, I want to say two years ago on Thanksgiving Day, he beat the Steelers for the Dallas Cowboys um, and played pretty darn good football. So he's he's not all – I mean, the talent level is certainly different, but he's in the same mold as the Mac Jones and Brian Hoyers. Like, good thrower of the football. He's smart. He's been around a lot. He's not going to be athletically moving – you know, uh, in a, in a dynamic way, but, um, he's, he's played football in the league before at a decent clip. Um, and he's, he's got a very good understanding of football IQ. Uh, Dan, going back to something you said a couple minutes ago, you were talking about it being that left foot. I mean, that left ankle that Mac Jones is dealing with and that that's an injury that you can't see getting that much worse from him playing on it what what is the risk you said it's short of him being folded in half again what is the real risk of putting him out there when he's say maybe like 60 percent? is it just bad football yeah uh, that's a great question i would tell you the the inability to really drive the ball and, and be confident with your landing leg you know um i would imagine they would brace it and tape it all that it, it and it's really more of the um it's the control of the football via the you know like Nowadays, quarterbacks have learned so much to use the ground as force, you know, to, to use the ground to create velocity and torque. So, you know, how is his arm going to be strong enough to, to make the necessary throws given not being able to do that? And also, you know, a lot of times the ball can sail when you have a little bit of a ginger left front leg because you're not putting your cleats into the ground and spinning through that front leg. So, you know, is he able to still control the throws really trajectory-wise um, in the height of the ball, given the sensitivity of the ankle. but um, And then, you know, there's always the risk of getting rolled up on, too, but that happens very rarely in the pocket nowadays because the rules of protecting quarterbacks down there. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thanks, Dan. We appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if Mac's going to play this weekend or not, but we do know we'll talk to you next week. So thanks again for coming on. Good, guys. All right.